eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I got my good friends with me, Nigel Rio Coker and James Bench, to review the games today. What a day. Uh, Nigel Rio Coker, great day and predictions for you. Take it away, my friend. Don't just throw me in front street because it was also very good for you, even though you got yourself off the bottom. I think if Dortmund would have pulled their act together, we would have had a clean sweep of all the predictions today. But Dortmund just couldn't pull their finger out. James Bench, busy day for you. How about you? How about your predictions? Any surprises in the day today, really? And maybe Benfica? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like I came on HQ and told everyone how good Shakhtar were. Um, <laughs> yeah. Feel the, the times I was topping the, the predictions table feel like quite a long time ago now. <laughs> All right, let's get deep into it. We'll start with Group E. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic watching both of the games in this group here. Obviously, Chelsea already knew they were qualified in here. AC Milan going up against Salzburg. They get a convincing victory. Nigel, Olivier Giroud once again on the score sheet. Krunic on the score sheet. Messias on the score sheet. Just a job well done by an AC Milan side that have the experience over an inexperienced Salzburg side that rather were disappointing as far as I'm concerned when it comes to a big game like this. They didn't really show what potential they really had in this game. No, I think for me, Ian, when you look at that, that was a great performance by Milan. And I think I'll give a lot of credit to Olivier Giroud. And I think when you see Olivier Giroud's performance today, it kind of shows why Mbappe has this thing for playing with a striker like Giroud. He brings mm. so much to a team dynamic. And when you have players with pace, with the ability to get past and get him beyond, like they do in Rafael Leal, who couldn't put the ball into the back of the net today with some glorious chances that he had, just absolutely struggled. Um, But that's why Mbappe goes on so much about playing with a striker like Giroud. He was absolutely phenomenal today. He was at home. He was was just just a phenomenal number nine striker's performance. Not just the hold-up play, the link-up play, the vision, the ability and the threat in the air to put the ball into the back of the net. It was a great performance by Milan and I didn't ever really doubt them not to get the win today. And that's what they really needed. And they're scoring goals. They're not just scoring one or two. They're scoring a few goals and they're creating chances. On the other hand, for your team, Ian Salzburg, it was a bit, it wasn't too disappointing. Um, The diamond in the rough striker, is it, what's his name again? Um, Okafor. Okafor, that's the one, yes. He had some good chances. Just couldn't be clinical enough to put it into the the back of the net. But the main thing is, when you look at someone that young, if the chances are coming, they're getting themselves in the right areas, right movements, eventually, the other side of it, putting it into the back of the net will become a lot more easier. And the better players he plays with, the better he will become himself, the more he'll improve. So I think for him, it wasn't too much of a bad day out. But collectively as a team, like you said, AC Milan had the experience. Playing at home was a massive advantage. And when you've got the likes of Giroud and Rafael Leal, that's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, I just saw the comment up there from um, SSB2B or 28. I can't quite read. Um, 
talking about Milan as a dark horse there. I think that's that that that's quite interesting, and I'm skeptical. I think we've seen how much they they kind of struggle against Chelsea, um, and Chelsea aren't the best team that they could come up against in the knockout stages. Obviously, they couldn't come up against Chelsea specifically. But the one thing I do, and, and throwing it back to what Nigel's saying. When you've got a striker that delivers in big moments, if you can stay in the game the rest of the the two legs, you're in with a chance. And it, it was interesting. I think we should say, and that's not the first time Olivier Giroud has come up with a monumental performance in the Champions League when his team have needed it. I'd take you back to Arsenal playing away to Olympiacos, needing to win by two goals. He scored three of them. Um, yeah. At the time, I just, you know, brief thought it. Arsene Wenger was kind of laughed and, at and pilloried. And this was maybe six, seven years ago, for describing Giroud as one of the best strikers in Europe. Mm-hmm. And although I don't think he's ever been a superstar, we've never sort of seen him at a Benzema level, I think actually, you know, for a very long time now, he has been a really valuable player for teams that have generally been better for having him than not. You look at what he did for Chelsea in the Europa League, you look what he's doing now, as, as Nigel rightly said, how he is the sort of steady veteran presence that helps kind of make up for the misses that Leao and players like that have. I, I think maybe only in, in the time that, you know, in the, in the years to come will we really appreciate how good Giroud was, a constant 8 out of 10 um, and a really excellent striker. And I'm glad he's getting his flowers now and, and hearing the, the San Siro cheer his name. It's richly deserved. Hey, James, just real quickly on Olivier Giroud and this type of form, eight goals this season he's had. And um, I also love the assist right after halftime. I thought his assist right there for Krunic's goal was a, an important assist, but what a fucking fantastic performance from him individually. But how important will that be for France? Obviously, they're unsettled uh, with the national team, but he's the type of player whose in-form can help them. Well, if I was sort of looking for a better version of Giroud, someone that can put the ball in the net, bring players in, I mean, I would be picking Karim Benzema. But I think part of it, I don't, you know, I don't know Benzema, but what I, I, I kind of know Giroud and I know people around him. Well, I don't know Giroud. I know people around Giroud and I know yeah. people who know him and they will tell you the the lack of ego or the lack of, you know, demand that, you know, he's not a, dem- a demanding player. He relishes making others around him better. You know, if Are you go sure, and ask James? Raphael Leao, go and ask Eden Hazard, all those mm-hmm. players. Are you sure, James, he's French? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure he does have a bit of an ego as a Frenchman. Just checking. Um, But I think probably maybe that ego manifests itself in he enjoys, you know, more than being a a star scorer. He enjoys the fact that Eden Hazard or someone like that will say, this is the best forward I've ever played with. Um, I think, you know, I I don't think France will struggle if they have Benzema in the team. But certainly I I wouldn't worry at all if it was Giroud instead. And uh, I certainly think Mbappe, as as Nigel said, he'd be delighted to be playing on. Nigel, anything else before we move on? I don't think there's anything else to add to that. I just think it was a really great performance. I think um, the comment that was made about AC Milan being dark horses, I will not be able to agree to that. I think defensively they're still suspect. Uh, Tamore, for me, obviously, is a British talent. He's done well, won the league last year, but still... You can see it needs to develop. It's questionable at times that the distances between the two centre-back, there needs to be greater understanding because the better opposition they come up against, they'll be torn to pieces a bit. And even an uh, unflattering Chelsea side showed what they can do to that Milan defence. So I think defensively, they're still questionable. Nigel, real quickly though, tomorrow he's in the right place though for his development. He's playing in Milan, he's playing in Champions League football. I mean, isn't it a great place to develop? It's a great place to develop, but also you need to ask that everything. There's a few things that have to fall into place. You need to have a coach yeah. or a manager there that can help you develop. And then also at the time is you need a veteran centre-back by your side who's been there, seen it, done it all, like to help you really develop. Right about now, it probably would have been a great time for him to be at Chelsea. When you look at Silva being there, that's the type of standard you want to learn from and play alongside who can talk you through the game. Just like how we saw JT, when he, John Terry, when he came through at Chelsea, Marcel Desailly. You don't need to say any more of the other legends he played with. Brilliant. I love it. JT, I love how you just pulled that one off there as well. JT, you know. Well, James is friends with... My mate, James is friends with Giroud, so, you know... Just... Friends with friends of Giroud. Friends, you had to drop friends, a few comments in there. All right, speaking of comments, we've got a lot of people in the chat right now. Thank you so much for your comments. Please drop in questions if you've got questions as well. Um, we've got Miguel Brandao talking about Benfica. I want everybody apologizing for not doing the homework and talking about Benfica enough. Don't worry. We will be talking a lot about Benfica later on in the show. Nkunku to Chelsea will be fired. 
Bobo says that one. We will do our best to talk in Kunku later on as well. Best group stage in years, as we just mentioned. Um, teams play faster when Giroud is playing. Very underrated player. That one comes in from SSB. And then Vix, he's jumped in the chat already talking about Paris Saint-Germain. We'll get to your comment in just a minute. And he also agrees. Fair point on Tomori right there being in the right place for his development. Let's turn our attention to Chelsea, the other game in the group. Um, important victory for Chelsea. They went one goal down thanks to Petkovic's opening goal. Three goals, three goals through qualifying from him. 11 across all competitions already from Raheem Sterling. Very happy for him to get the equalising goal. 26 goals from 79 Champions League games. Not bad return from Raheem Sterling. And Dennis Zakaria is probably the talking point, James, more than anything else. I know this player watched his development in the Bundesliga, went to Chelsea, hasn't played a game professionally since August, <laughs> makes his debut for Chelsea, scores a goal. Yeah, I mean, Great news for Zachariah. I guess he is stuck there, and I don't not necessarily certain how desperate he is to be there. Um, but he's now stuck there, having played for Juventus and Chelsea this season. But he was one that I believe limped off in the second half, as did Ben Chilwell. Um, this is the worry for Chelsea. They obviously have a very big game at the weekend, and of course, it's going to be a worry for the Swiss managers and the English managers as well to see these players limping out. Chelsea really struggling with injuries going into the new, you know, going into the end of this half of the season. Um, and I think that's making Graham Potter's job even harder when he doesn't have a settled back line, when he's kind of trying to put together a midfield on the fly without Kante. Um, it's good good to get back to winning ways. And I think that matters a lot. That's why Potter named a full strength team, no youngsters on the bench. But um, I kind of think they wish they could have skipped this game, I suspect, and, and really focused on Sunday. Anything from you, Nigel, before we move on? Chelsea, 13 points qualified. AC Milan, 10 points qualified. Salzburg move on to Europa League with six points. Dinamo Zagreb, four points out. No, not at all. I think James covered it all, really. I think for me still, I would say Chelsea had to get that done. I think that's the minimum that was expected of Chelsea to get out of the group stages. I would say there isn't no real great expectation for them to win this year's Champions League, really and truly. I think they're still in that development kind of aspect of it. You've got a new manager, new system. Didn't go too well, obviously, the previous, um, well, I would probably say that where I see Chelsea is they'll be happy just to get out of the group stages. I don't think there's great expectations coming. I still feel that they're really missing that striker. I know everyone's going, would probably say, oh, were you talking about they've got Aubameyang? I personally think Aubameyang's a very good striker, but he's not clinical of what you need at this level. I think you really need a ruthless striker to win this Champions League. And I think they need more goals in the attacking sense because he's still struggling to work out that best attacking threat for Chelsea to really look like they're creating and scoring. When you're not really creating a lot, but you're still getting the one or two goals, how far is that going to take you in this competition? Yeah, great point right there. And great point about Obama Young as well. But at any time, he could also catch fire. And that's where you got to be very careful with Chelsea. And also, it'll be interesting to see if they'll be active when it comes to the transfer window and get back to Champions League action in the knockout stages. Let's move ahead to Group F. Uh, Real Madrid, earlier kickoffs today. Uh, top of the group, 13 points. Leipzig, 12 points qualified. Both of those teams, Shakhtar Donetsk, go on to Europa. Glasgow Celtic dropping out of Europe altogether. We begin with Shakhtar Donetsk against Leipzig. James, unfortunately, I'm coming to you because it was an interesting prediction you did make. Leipzig continued their fine form in Kunku, 14 goals already this season. Get this one here. 49 goals he has scored since the beginning of last season. 49 goals playing for Leipzig in the Bundesliga. But the talking point probably is Timo Werner in the first half had to come off with an injury, James. Yeah, I mean, this guy has absolutely no luck whatsoever. Um, that aside, I thought this was a really impressive performance by, by Leipzig in terms of how you, you know, I, mean, I was saying on HQ, this is going to be a really emotive game. It's going to be a game where, you know, for for Shakhtar, there's there's so much. They're going to put so much into it, and Leipzig just cooled the moment, didn't it? They 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 when they had the ball, they'd keep it for a long time as they take the air out of the game, and then obviously, I think once those first and those second goals go in, I think for Shakhtar that there becomes this feeling of, you know, I think maybe the exhaustion of everything they've been through this year it probably all started weighing down on them. I, I can only speculate. None of us know what it's like to be in the position they're in. But that's kind of the sense I got that that after a while, it, it just had become too draining. So um, credit to Leipzig. And, you know, they're, they're really turning things around under Marco Rosa, aren't they? Yeah. And, and listen, for me, Nkuku is on fire right now. He really has. His confidence has gone to another level, it seems. I don't know what has really happened to this young man. I probably think that new contract is great. So a lot of confidence and comfortability, but he knows he still has to perform. Yes, Ian, you want to say something, go and say it. 
No, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, he, it takes a lot for a player to commit long-term to a contract when he knows he could be a free agent in the very near future. So I love the fact this youngster committed himself, focused on his football, and he'll be, sold, he'll be sold now right. for over 100 million, Nigel. Let's be real about this. He committed in the sense of they, him and the club came to a very good agreement. That, that's an yes. agreement between him and the club. They're not silly. Yes. Commit to us. We get more money for you, but we'll give you this money or whatever it is. There's so many things that can be done in football contracts. It's not that simple. At the end of the day, he knows he's still going to go. So he's performing at another level. James said he feels so bad or sorry for Timo Werner. Injury again. Mate, he needs to keep putting the ball into the back of the net because Nkuku set him up two or three times and he still could not finish it, which for yep. me is very scary because it wasn't difficult chances. It was, here you go, on a plate, put into the back of the net. He couldn't and Nkuku puts in the rebound. The scary thing about Nkuku is he's scoring goals and he's creating that is the type of striker right now that kind of Chelsea could do with a need because he's such a threat going in behind, can come oh, yes. forward. There's so many teams that can use him. Chelsea's not the only team. There's so many teams that can use Nkuku in the Premier League or wherever he chooses to go. But the thing about that talent, that young kid is, when you're a threat in behind and you're really starting to get that clinical form about you, you're a very dangerous striker to have in European football. And some of these big clubs could use him. And then again, we're talking... How great Leipzig did. But then again, you got to look at Real Madrid. I'm sorry. We look at the well-oiled machine. That game today, I know people might make fun and James might make fun of the Scottish people and Scottish clubs, James, and you're rightly what? so. Do you know the crazy thing is, James? <laughs> what I said to you guys before, I said to Ian, Celtic haven't been that bad. Not bad they just all. can't put the ball in the back of the net because they had yep. some absolutely amazing chances to make this game a lot closer than the scoreline actually reflects. But then on the other hand, you look at Real Madrid, where it felt like a training game for them at times, where they were flicking balls over Celtic players' heads. Vinicius Jr. was rolling. It was just, it was just for me, it looked like a training game exercise. They were just so free-spirited. You look at the amount of different scorers. Valverde, for me, has to be a shout and recognise now as one of the best midfielders in world football. People have to respect that to say he's one of the best midfielders in world football because of his ability and talent. But the way they spread the goal scoring at Real Madrid, and the fact is, you bring on the world's best football player, Benzema, off the bench to come on and even be more creative. They, for me, are really the standard bearers. It just depends what Real Madrid turns up because they were really... Absolutely fascinating today. And they're, they're really scary to watch. And just before I finish, Joe, I was going to say, when people talk about these teams, people are going to say, oh, Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain. The difference between Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain is just look at the game today and the goals. The amount of threat that Real Madrid have compared to when you say Paris Saint-Germain, all you say is Neymar, Mbappe and Messi. Real Madrid, the list goes on and not to mention the substitute bench of what they can have coming off. Can I just one final word on on the cruelty that that this season's kind of had for for Celtic in Europe, and and this is really just to pick up on Nigel's point. If you go and look at expected goals, they have actually about as many expected goals, or they had through the first five games as Chelsea did. You know, this is a team that were making a lot of goal scoring opportunities for for themselves, but I think kind of Scottish football as a whole has maybe learned from this Champions League dalliance, and and long may it continue. Um, kind of just how brutal the margins are here. Um, sometimes they can break your way like they did for Rangers in the Europa League last year. But if you don't take your chances, if you don't take those 10% shots, if a couple of them don't go in, it ends up looking really humiliating like it uh, has for Celtic and Rangers this season, which is a shame because I don't think either of them have been as bad as their record suggests they have. No, listen, when you have an embarrassing record like Glasgow Rangers just put up yesterday, um, obviously Glasgow Celtic being the champions of Scotland, they want to do better than Rangers anyway. There is that rivalry. Um, and people are criticising heavily Scottish football. Actually, to see two Scottish teams in the group stage, it hasn't happened for such a long time. I think it's it's a step forward for Scottish football. They will learn from this, but you only have to look at the transfers of players coming into football clubs to see that Rangers and Celtic simply cannot compete 
with the other teams. And I'm talking about even teams just outside of the top five European leagues right now. They just can't compete because they're not spending enough money. They're not making enough revenue. Sure, they're selling players. I mean, Bassi went to Ajax Amsterdam for, what, 20 million. Celtic have sold players before um, for a lot of money as well. They just can't compete. So I don't see there's any embarrassment really except for the fact that they conceded so many goals and didn't win games. That was a big disappointment for them. But Nigel's absolutely spot on. I thought this group was really dominated by Real Madrid without even being in top gear. And the youngsters that they have, and you mentioned it already, both of you have mentioned this previously, the youngsters that they have are putting Real Madrid in prime position to be a success story, not only this season, but for years to come. They're flying the flag now for La Liga. They are flying the flag in this competition, and I would find it very hard to bet against them from making it to the final once again. Really proud of Leipzig and the job that they did do getting through to the knockout stages and flying the flag for Germany. It's nice to see so many German clubs going through into the knockout stage, which I'm very excited about. Nigel, before we go to break, anything? Yeah, you got your German passport on the table again. Now, I was just going to say honestly about the, the Scottish teams. I think for me personally, I think Celtic have given themselves a better account of themselves than Rangers. I think Rangers were lacking really that extra bit of quality that was needed. But again, in a lot of the games I saw but for Celtic, they lack being clinical. If they can get one or two clinical strikers or attacking players who can put the ball into the back of the net, they'll give it a real better go next time because they're not far off. And again, that's something they can do. If they copy mm-hmm. the blueprint of what some of these clubs are that have surprised everyone, like Club Bruges and stuff, Celtic, get some young players coming in there from clubs who they might not be playing, get some young players coming on loan and playing in the Champions League football again. It's very attractive for young players. They continue to learn and develop, but they're not that far off. But for me, I think Rangers, it was just a bit a bit too much for Rangers. All right, don't worry about it. Royal 496, Royal Benfica will top PSG. Don't worry about it. We got Vic. We're going to come back to Chelsea a little bit later on as well. And don't worry about it. Brandao, we're coming to your team, Benfica, next. We are going to be discussing Group H and Group G when we return. You're watching House of Champions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey you yeah, you. You're looking for one month free Paramount Plus action? You've come to the right place. P Plus have a one month free trial offer code UEFA22. Scan the QR code on the screen right next to Nigel Rio Coker's face or follow the link in the description to get one month free Paramount Plus. Other finger, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Welcome back, everybody. You're watching House of Champions. It's Ian Joy alongside the main man, Nigel Rio Coker, and our main man, James Benj, over in London. Uh, we are reviewing the Champions League action that took place, and there were far, 
fewer groups that were less entertaining than this one here, Group H. It was absolutely fantastic, all the way to the final whistle of the game. And you know why, James Bench? It was because Benfica scored six goals against Maccabi Haifa. Jao Mario scoring the all-inclusive goal in the 90th minute of this game. It's almost as if they didn't know they needed to score this many goals. But in the end, beating Maccabi Haifa by six goals to one and topping the group is something pretty special. You did wonder, like, if they, uh, how much they knew. We were saying this kind of, because it only really dawned on us in around the 84th minute or something, that they only needed two goals to get through. And they didn't, weren't necessarily going about it in the most explosive fashion. But, like, it, clearly the message got through, because Joe Mario, what a wonderful way to wrap up what has been an outstanding group stage for Benfica. You know, we're going to come on to talk about our power rankings. They're not quite in mind, but this team have looked like something really, really special indeed. Gonzalo Ramos up front. I thought he was excellent early on, got his goal, and he's been great throughout the the, the group stages. Um, the young defender at the back as well, whose name has completely escaped me right now. A real talent there as well. Silver. Um, silver. That's the one. They're all silver, aren't they? Or, or Joao something. And Joao Mario as well. Like, let's not forget this was a guy that... Uh, that was not good enough for West Ham, that was not good enough for Inter Milan. He's really found his feet as well. Roger Schmidt, the most the longest unbeaten run um in in the Champions League of any coach uh, right now. They, like I think we could talk a lot about how PSG let this slip through their fingers because everyone thought this is was about Benfica versus Juventus for second. But I think for a moment, like celebrate Benfica who who've done absolutely everything right. PSG have not been that bad. Benfica mm-hmm. have just been a pretty decent match for them. Well, what more can I add to that? I think uh, James has taken all my talking points, but <laughs> I think the only thing I'm going to say is, for me, people need to put a lot of respect on Benfica's name because that performance was fascinating. James touched on it. Schmidt, as a manager, has the longest unbeaten run in the Champions League of any other manager. And what I like about it, James, is the decisions and changes he made early in the game because he didn't see, like what he was seeing from his team. He knew how important this game was, and he yep. didn't just sit on his morals saying, oh, the players are going to do it. No, you're a manager, manage. He took the he took Ramos off, the goal scorer, who just scored for him. Took him off, made a few changes, and it was absolutely fantastic. I think they're great to watch. The great thing about Benfica, what people need to understand, and what I like about what we've seen at Benfica, and this translates to a lot of the things we always talk about when it comes to football. They got a massive windfall from Darwin Nunes. They haven't sat there and cried and said, oh, we missed Nunes. We need him back. We're not the same team without him. They just went and they recruited. How many times have we seen teams get a big windfall from one player and not use that money wisely? Benfica have used that money wisely. They've recruited the right players that fit their right style and system and how they like to play. And you'd have to say a smart joker is the evolution of... Darwin, <laughs> we say, there we go, James. Like that, Ian didn't get it, like but it's that. all right. It's the evolution. But I just think that you've got to give credit to when clubs do that, Ian. And a lot of clubs get a lot of money and they never recruit well, but they've recruited well to keep it competitive. And their academy is always something that always produces phenomenal talent and players. And we can go through a list of how many they've produced recently. But for yep. me, I think you definitely have to give them some respect. No, you got to give them a lot of respect. I mean, what they're doing domestically as well. I think they have like a six-point lead domestically already yeah. in their table. They they haven't lost a game domestically, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe you can prove me wrong on that one. Um, but to, the way they went about their business after losing such a high-profile player um, and obviously getting that type of money in for that type of player like Darwin Nunes you got to spend it wisely. And you are absolutely spot on. What Benfica do is they, they spend it wisely. They do spend on experience at times as well when it's the right player coming in. They also promote from the youth and they also bring players. And I thought the right fullback, yeah. I can't remember his name, Danish kid today, was absolutely terrific for them. Um, and they're dangerous going forward. We know that Silva can attack. We know um, the goals can be shared around this team more than anything else. And you touched upon the centre-back, James, Antonio Silva. I actually... Touched upon him with Fabrizio Romano. Please, if you're out there and a Benfica fan or you're a fan of uh, young players coming through and getting their opportunity in Champions League, go back and watch our show from about three weeks ago where we were talking about Antonio Silva. Really fascinating. Obviously, probably one that's going to be next going out um, of the door because he's a 19-year-old youngster playing national team already and playing for Benfica, which is absolutely incredible. So I'm being reminded by you, James, in the private chat that Bar was the Dane. I thought he was absolutely mm. incredible. I mean, he had a couple of assists today. Eight, but eight this, million euros. 
Like eight million. They've, business. They've not spent a lot of the. Or I, I think they're still in profit. You know, they they didn't do. And I know obviously the scales are different. They didn't do what Barcelona did. Get yes. all this money in and send it all straight out. You know, they went and yep. picked up your David Neres's. I mean, they went and got John Brooks. You know, that's not what you normally do when you've got a hundred million euros. You, yeah, you just, I'm going to come for you, James. Actually, quick after you finish, go on. Go on. no, 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 go on, go on. I, I was just going to say, right, like I said, I give credit to Benfica because what they did. But we're going to be honest with this as well, lads. Is it's different when you're Benfica compared to when you're Paris Saint Germain and Manchester City and Manchester United because yeah. whatever players you go in for, their price gets absolutely inflated mm, already. True. So it's probably easier for the likes of Benfica and all these clubs. I wouldn't say it's easier because I get, you got to give them credit when it's due because they do recruit the right players to fit what they're building and what they're doing in the club. But they won't face inflated market value as if it was a Manchester City coming in for you or Paris Saint-Germain coming in for you or someone like that. So do you think that plays a part? Is that a bit of a balancing act? Well, also, you're not, you know, I mean, so let's take, for instance, Enzo Fernandez, who I think, it was someone we haven't even mentioned who might be one of the best players in that team, the, oh, the yes. Argentine midfielder. Yep. Well, you know, you can, uh, River Plate can sort of say, oh, you know, we know you're rich from Darwin Nunez money, um, but you can, you know, drop down 10 million euros on the table. And, uh, you know, that's still enough to to blow River Plate's mind. But mm-hmm. actually, you know, as Benfica at the other end, and your Argentine scouting department is amazing. So you know that you've got a hit here and you know that when he's a hit, Especially now, you see this this summer, Darwin Nunez, Fabio Vieira, a lot of Premier League teams are going straight to the source in Portugal. They don't want to kind of wait for these players to star in Spain or in Ligue 1. They want to go straight to Portugal. That means that if, you know, Enzo Fernandes, I think one day will go to a team like Man City and he'll go there for getting on for 100 million euros. Do you know what, James? Just before that, I'm surprised that Pep didn't actually go for him because all the time they were scouting Alvarez at River Plate, Fernandez was there playing and being a vital part of that team as well. And obviously, I know he's got that. They've got the young Kayaki, the Brazilian, who we haven't really seen a lot of as well. And he's another phenomenal talent. But again, it's all about the scouting network. We say if clubs want to be proactive and actually go out there and get the system in place, they can be very successful. You see the comment from Mike Rodriguez coming in about Benfica finding quality in youth and selling them on. The youth system is absolutely fantastic at Benfica, as it is in sporting, as it is in Porto, right? What what clubs do in Portugal is really fun to watch, giving youth an opportunity. They have no other option. If you're going to make money in this business, you got to give youth an opportunity. I'm starting to see more Americans look at the Portuguese league because it's a league they can go to. We've seen a Canadian just go there and obviously develop all the way through now playing for Porto scored yesterday. Eustachio. Uh, listen, th- there's a lot of a market there for young players to go and get first team football to play competitively in a domestic league. Cause that is a battle to win that Portuguese league. It's not easy to win it at all, but you're also playing champions league football, which is phenomenally important for these young players to get that type of experience. Um, a good friend of mine, I will name drop here. Nuno Gomez. I spent a lot of time with him when I was working for being sports. Um, about five or six years ago and we talked and talked and talked and talked about the system and Benfica and what it is as a football club and I just admire what Portuguese football does for young players giving opportunities. Is, is his Go hair ahead. still as good as it was back in the day? Because that, that good, guy had good some fantastic man. locks. Good looking man. Almost as good looking as Nigel Rio Coker. Uh, real quickly, oh, let's better looking in him and better looking than Giroud as well. Anyway, let's move <laughs> on to Paris Saint-Germain. Go on, Nigel. Take it away. I mean, PSG obviously won the game. PSG no longer top in the group, second in the group. Nobody wants to face them, but PSG kind of disappointed as far as I'm concerned in this game. I thought there was a lot more goals out there, even though Juve were better than I thought they were going to be. Mbappe, for me, seems to be stepping up with Neymar not being there. And that's becoming a real evident for people to see. Like, Mbappe is a different animal when Neymar's not there. I feel he looks a lot more hungry, greater desire. Um... I just think for me, I'm just going to put it in a very simple nutshell. When I look at PSG, I see super arrogance. You didn't really see anything from them. There was just so much arrogance. At times, Messi's walking around. I understand the team is kind of built around Messi, really and true, whether people want to agree to it or not. That PSG team is built around Messi, getting on the ball in the final third and being creative. Um, still questionable defensively. Uh, I don't know whether it's because PSG in time that Juventus seemed to want to pull their finger out and put in one of their better performances of this season so far. But I just see the arrogance. I really see the arrogance in this Paris Saint-Germain side. I see the vulnerability still where they can be beaten. There isn't collectiveness and there isn't a collective threat. It's just Messi, Mbappe and Neymar. And that's what I feel with that. Not a great performance. And I don't really think there's much I can add to that. And and that's why... 
uh, although clearly they're the team you don't want to get in the draw on Monday. Equally, I think with the exception of Porto and Tottenham, I, I'd make it pretty much every other team. Let's see what Napoli are like then. I'd make every other team favourite against PSG because the thing is, you know, in the end, we see this so often in the big Champions League games that when you've got three players up the other end of the field that, that are just can't be made to work uh, without the ball, that that's well, the sort of spe- that's the special source that that makes it a bit harder for you, isn't it? I think it was a fullback Mendes that came on to score the bloody winning goal. In second, and, uh, to come and, on. Uh, and the 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 wing back system, I do think, kind of eases that. If nothing else, you know, you've got one more player, like you know, you're playing uh, eight back, three up top. But it's you know, Bayern, City, they'll attack with eleven and defend with eleven. And, yes, and until we see, and if PSG do that, like. By God, they could, you know, they could go and win the whole thing. But we've been saying that for, for about a decade. Yeah, we're we're waiting for this team, right? I think we're we're all sitting here, and even today, I actually put a little wager, a side wager, ten dollars on um, Paris Saint Germain to win by five goals to nil today, because I'm waiting for them to explode at some point. I'm hoping it happens this season in the Champions League. Maybe you're right, Nigel. Maybe they don't explode, but they certainly have the weapons to explode. But they also have the weapons to implode as well. If I'm not mistaken, I'm sure you guys all agree with me. They're a team that any time. There could be fireworks set off in that locker room and it could completely collapse. I, I thought they were building to win a Champions League and I know they didn't lose a game in the group stage. I don't know, Desi, if you've got the group there and that you could throw it up here. They scored They scored a ton of goals. They didn't concede many goals. They didn't lose a game. They were okay. But that's about as entertaining as it is for PSG right now. I can't even imagine being JJ having to go watch PSG every single week. That would drive me nuts. Do you know what, though, uh, Ian? I think for me, when you look at them, like I said, we always talk about games and football. And for all the fans, listen, we say certain things where they might think, what are you guys talking about? But sometimes when you lose a game, it's not okay to lose in certain clubs, but it's not the losing that matters. It's how you go about losing. Yes. And I think when it comes to football as well, it's how you're performing. And for me, with the talent that PSG have, it just seems so arrogant. They seem so arrogant and the problem with the Champions League is this in the modern game is you need a whole team dynamic. We saw a Real Madrid with not as much talent as they've got this year, last year, dig deep and beat all these so-called teams who people thought would beat them. And that was just a team effort. That was a solid team effort that made Real Madrid champions. I still don't see that full team dynamic and togetherness in Paris Saint-Germain. It just feels like we've got these superstars We'll put them together and they should work. And I'm not taking anything from the manager because James mm-hmm. knows a lot more about the managers than I can ever add to it. But when you're managing those egos, it's not easy. It is so hard to manage that high level of players and that amount. If you have one or two in your team, it could work because the team can function around just one or two. But when you've got three of them, and let's not forget Sergio Ramos saying exactly the easiest guy to manage as playing as your centre-back as well. <laughs> th- there's a lot to deal with at that club. James, anything more before we move on? No. And I don't want to talk about the other group either. All right. Quick comment came in from uh, Royal496. Royal, he says, uh, guys, you should get a TikTok channel. The problem is that Nigel doesn't know what TikTok is. So we're not going is to that get what a we have TikTok to do all this just yet. Mohammed Mansuruddin. I'm going to hopefully correctly pronounce your name. No Neymar. They struggle about Paris Saint-Germain. And no Neymar today. You could certainly see there was a bit of flair missing up top there for for PSG, even though it was pretty awesome watching Mbappe run the whole length of the field trying to get one-on-one uh, going forward. Um, and then a real big comment on Benfica. There's no secret Benfica is Benfica. We are finally playing at club's history level football. Why do you think we have seven Champions League finals? This is simple. Benfica playing at their real level. Thank you, CBS79. <laughs> like, that's like saying that Portugal is a big comment. nation. That's like, Portugal say, like saying Portugal is a big nation because they used to own Brazil. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Benfica well, are playing let's not way get into ab- that, James. It's Benfica very Benfica are playing way above your English. Their- hey, Benfica are playing that. way above their current level, like where anyone would expect them to be in the real modern world we live in. Like, yeah, it's good compared to their history, but like, come on. How about this one from Mike? He says it's because people running Benfica uh, where crooks are stealing money. Hopefully we are past that. Too much ego on that team. I'd love to face them in the next round, Omar says, and I think he's talking about PSG right there. And I've yeah. just been reminded by our producer, Des. He says, uh, yes, we do have a TikTok channel, Ian. Get your facts right. At yeah, House of Champions CBS. Apparently, Nigel Rio Coker is up there on TikTok right now. Let's move 
move on. We won't spend much time on Group G, except for the fact I want to talk about one thing that's really important. Manchester City giving young players an opportunity to play. Rico Lewis got on the score sheet to make it 1-1. The 17-year-old making his debut for City scored in the second half. Um, But Nigel... um, they really needed uh, Julian Alvarez to rescue them. Riyad Mahrez, obviously, coming on, getting his second uh, Champions League goal of the season to rescue them. Not much depth, you don't think? No, Ian. I'm gonna have to, I know we disagree on this, but for me, I think it's worrying. When you look at Manchester City, we've always complimented about the amazing squad that they have, the luxury they have. They buy Jack Grealish for 100 million. He can sit on the bench. No one batters an eyelid. For me, the scary thing is this. They had to bring on Kevin De Bruyne. He is the heartbeat of Manchester City right now. He yeah. used to be like what Silver was before he left. Kevin De Bruyne had to come off the bench, not even warmed up, and produce a world-class defence splitting pass for Alvarez to score. That's the worry for me. Where a civilian side that's not that great, domestically they're doing okay or trying to get back on track. But Manchester City, with all the stars and the value of their players that we believe is so talented, struggled against a severe side. So for me, that is a worrying aspect. I think that it's they're strong, But I'm starting to say now that I don't think we are as strong as we give them credit for, in my opinion. I think we're giving them too much credit about their strength in depth because that's a game that we should have seen City put to bed very easily and they struggled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, James? Yeah. I absolutely love it. Tell Rafa, did they not draw to Copenhagen? They did, no, no. Exactly. I kind of Come agree on. with Rafa that it's just like, how little effort can we expend whilst also being top of the group? And that's, that's about, and I'm responding know, to that James, by expending. Real. We're talking about Pep Guardiola, and you know him better than I do. You know what Pep's like. He's a winner. He's not going to be happy with that. But, it brings in complacency. But they do this every year in the Champions. I think it's more. You know, I agree. There probably is a little bit of complacency in there, but I think it's also just, you know, they're smart enough to to kind of just like and his players are smart enough to just ease back that, you know, they, yeah. they, they perform nicely in those early games and, and they've Second just kind year. of held the rest of the group at arm's length. And as I say, look, if they're not willing to put much energy into this group and that's fine, uh, therefore I'm not going to put much energy into talking about it. Listen, I'm with you and I hear you and I respect you and I think that's okay. They still won the game, Manchester City. They still scored three goals in a game and they've only conceded two goals, I believe so, in uh, the group stage, which is actually pretty impressive for them defensively. Go on, Nigel. I know you can see you got a comment. Come on. No, I've got no comment. I've got no result. I was just going to say, bring on the next round. I can't wait for them to get tested. Oh, I hope they... Where they finish? They finish top, right? I can't wait yes. for these spots. Let's just see what goes on because I'm going to call out who they should PSG? Get. PSG? That would be a great tie. <laughs> That'd be a great time. You know what? I think they need us. I need. I think they really need a stern, stiff test. Give them. Give them Bayern Munich. Yeah, let's give do it. All right. Bayern, but they can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other game in the group produced a 1-1 draw, which is disappointing for myself and Nigel. We almost got 8-8 eight eight in the Wednesday's fixtures. Uh, Borussia Dortmund couldn't find that second goal. They did get an opening goal thanks to Torgan Hazard, his first goal since February, believe it or not. Very disappointing performance in the second half from Borussia Dortmund. Haraldson equalized 41 minutes in, the 19-year-old getting his first ever Champions League goal for Copenhagen. Uh, 1-1 at finish there. Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund go through. Uh, Sevilla, desperately disappointing, but Copenhagen even more so disappointing. Let's move on. Before we get out of here, guys, let's discuss um, our power rankings more than anything else. Uh, I want to know your top five teams really quickly. I mean, I want to give me a ranking from one to five who your top five teams are. Um, obviously, we've witnessed the first six match days taking place. Nigel Rio Coca, I'll let you go first. I want to know who your power rankings would be one all the way through, please, to five. Oh, <sighs> See, I could be realistic or I could be... Power rankings where I, I love an underdog. I love a different story because of the, the Champions League to keep that magic alive. But mm-hmm. being realistic, you'd have to say for me, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Napoli, Benfica, Paris Saint-Germain. So you just know there's a team called Man City, right? Not did, you just say, did you not just say Nigel's power rankings, right? Can I do mine now? Yes, please go. I'm going to do mine in, in the Champions League. So I'm going to do mine in reverse order because it's sexier and more exciting. Um, <laughs> and I, I do these for the the website, um, and I always say it's it's kind of based on who I think is most likely to win the whole thing. So number five, I have Napoli. Number yep. four, uh, I have Liverpool because it is a very long time between now and the Champions League final, and we know this is a group <laughs> of players that can do a lot. 
<laughs> but they're not doing it at the moment. Uh, number three, I have Bayern Munich. Number two, Real Madrid. Number one, the best team in Europe over the last few years, Manchester City. Best Nigel? team in Europe. I've done mine already. I just have to laugh at the, the, the best team in Europe. Keep yeah, into we final. know what's going to happen, mate. Pep's going to get there. He's going to start <laughs> thinking he's Einstein and start twinkling this, twinkling that. They're going to lose again. Let's I not know. talk about Yaya Torre's curse on Pep as well anyway. It's another story, allegedly. All right. Do you want to hear mine or not? I suppose uh, we have to, don't we? Depends what passport you got on the table first. <laughs> All right. I'll go with my um, British passport. Seen as on. Go on, son. Go on, son. Uh, my power rankings remain Manchester City are still my favourites to win it this year they will remain in first place I think um, you've got to see Real Madrid as a power ranking potentially making it to the final again this year we haven't seen them at top uh, top gear yet and they have got yeah. so much potential I love the youth as well um, I've got PSG in third place um, I'm turning to uh, Napoli creeping into uh, fourth place right now believe it or not I'm not going near Bayern Munich just yet until I get to fifth place and I was almost going to put Benfica into that fifth spot but Napoli move up to fourth but uh, Bayern Munich move up to fifth I actually had Bayern Munich um, at number 32 no. <laughs> hold on yeah, let's, let's let the listeners know everyone listen Listening. Mr. Ian Joy said Bayern Munich will not even gather group stages. And yes. they came out the group stages with an absolute perfect record. And they are just literally making yeah. mince meat of everyone in the Champions League. But you've you heard of reverse pick. psychology, right? Because I'm a lover. No, of don't try that reverse league. psychology nonsense. Yeah. You just came off the bottom of the table that we've got privately. You, I mean, we 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 live and work with uh, James Benj all the time, and he talks negatively about Arsenal all the time, and they're still winning games right now. I think it's reverse no, psychology. It. He it's <laughs> negative about Arsenal. Everything's Arsenal. Are my friends of you at Arsenal? <laughs> uh, let's touch upon. Let's touch upon the Europa League before we get out of here. We're only a couple of minutes left. Uh, James, obviously, uh, Arsenal in uh, competition here, but this is a really strong Europa League, and I think a lot of the teams that are dropping down into Europa League from the Champions League should be extremely worried about facing Europa League teams that are currently on fire right now. Well, and Juventus dropping down too, so you've got some very strong teams and Juventus. Um, yep. So the, the, the big And thing, Juventus. <laughs> the big thing, Brian... <laughs> The big, the big thing right now going into tomorrow night's games for for several teams, including the two English representatives, is what can you do to get out of to get yourself top spot? Kind of that's fairly easy for Arsenal. Um, they're playing the, the champions of Switzerland, Zurich, who are currently bottom of the league. So I think they'll be pretty confident of winning that. But big challenge for Manchester United, who need to beat Sociedad by two goals um, yep. if they are to top their group. If they don't, like you say, you know, we could be talking about Manchester United against Barcelona, Manchester United against Juventus. These are, you know, iconic European games. And um, what better stage for them than Europe's most iconic com competition with Europe's most iconic trophy, the Europa League. It's going to be really special. Uh, I know I joke about this a lot, but I think it's a, a tournament that improves year in, year out and dramatically does so. I think a really good team, I don't know who, but a really good team is going to win the Europa League. And just one final thing. Um, I think it's Group D. It's the group with Lazio in it. It's absolutely yep. mad. We've got two teams on eight points, two teams on five points. In theory, that group could end with every single team on eight points. And um, I wouldn't want to be Bella, our, our researcher, trying to work out what the tiebreakers are on that one. Group F, that is there. I just want to throw this to you, James, quickly. What's your uh, thoughts on the, the Juventus manager's comments on Paul Pogba? Uh, what did he say? Can you tell me? He just said basically that it's Pogba's fault that um, he should have got his, he chose to wait on the surgery and should have got the surgery uh, in pre-season or before uh, the end of the season. Um, well, mm, no. Not to have the surgery I, 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 think you, I think you avoid surgery at all costs, right? Yeah, because surgery... I, I, I totally understand that. I, you know, surgery has, you know, aside from the sort of the, the basic risks of any time, you know, you're involved in, in anaesthetic. I think you, yeah, you like, you know, you guys will know better than me, won't you? But, Surgery for a footballer always high risk, you know. High yeah, risk. it depends. It depends what needs to be done, though, and also it depends on the consultancy that you get. But I just think him coming out and say that. Do you not think? How do you think that's going to shape up now with Juventus and obviously a player that they went out to get all, went all out to get back? Yeah, but they need How's him, Nigel. Gonna, they okay. need him now. 
Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But with a comment like that, you know the egos of football players, especially the French ones. It's pretty um, amazing to see how much power Allegri has in there, right? I mean, it's quite incredible. He's, he's kept his job even though they've been pushed down to Europa League. Pretty embarrassing, so I would say so for a club like Juventus. And clearly you see they're missing a ton of players through injury. They're struggling with injuries. So injuries are clearly pissed off everyone at the football club. But they still put out a really good performance with a lot of youngsters included today, which is something yeah. I think needs to happen a little bit more with Italian clubs. They need to push their youngsters a little bit more because there are some tremendously talented youngsters just I, I, desperate to play. Go ahead, James. I think the big Pogba point is actually really when you see these youngsters in midfield why were you not giving them the chance over paying Paul Pogba a lot of money you know when he's gone off a wonderful talent but you know why are you spending the money on trying to resurrect his career why yeah. not you know develop these young midfielders and, and I don't think it'll be young it'll be, be long before they're they're the ones starting anyway whether Pogba's fit or not yeah, listen, it's 45 minutes. We've got to get out here. Producer Des is desperate for his Guinness, so we've got to get out here. But listen, I want to thank you uh, for your great work through the Champions League this season. Um, we're through the group stages. James, absolutely fantastic. The job you do for CBS, we, we can't thank you enough. And and obviously on House of Champions, it's great to have you a part of it. Me and Nigel, obviously, um, really enjoying being a part of the family now and continuing to grow this platform for everybody out there who's been watching. And thanks to everybody out there who's been watching along through the Champions League group stage. It's been fantastic. Nigel, comments before we leave. Is that the updated prediction list? Yeah. Is that Ian no longer second bottom? I have to say, when <laughs> Nigel takes out his phone to show you something on WhatsApp, you're relieved if it's anything as simple as a as a that, banking statement. Don't start rumours, James. Don't start that, right? Don't start Pamela, that. Pamela Anderson, does that what it says? So she texts you. What's going on there? <laughs> nah, great stuff. And Nigel, to you as well. It's absolutely awesome to work with you as regularly as I am doing now on House of Champions. Um, you're just an honour, uh, just a pleasure to work with and, and to hear your stories as well. Sometimes after dark stories are even better than the sun that make it to House of Champions. Maybe one day we'll put those out there for you. But to everybody else out there who's been tuning in we can't thank you enough for supporting us make sure you continue to support us tell your friends tell your relatives tell everybody out there spread it on social media when we tweet retweet for us when we do anything on social media repost it do everything you possibly can to help us grow we see the comments thanks to everybody to mike uh, we thank um omar we thank rafa we thank vic we thank roger mello you did say that benfica would finish first thanks to you as well so many great people who are joining in the conversation we can't thank you enough james benj is ready for his bed nigel has got to go get his cigar but thanks one last comment. Thanks so much for listening to House of Champions. Take a minute to leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We're also available, unfortunately, on video. For Nigel Real see the Coker, on Nigel video. <laughs> You're welcome. So subscribe You're welcome, to us. America. On YouTube as well. Thanks to everybody out there. Uh, thanks to the boys. Great show as always. We'll see you again. We will be back for a preview of the weekend tomorrow. James Benj, enjoy your weekend. James Benj, enjoy Arsenal. We'll see you soon, everyone. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.